The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. When we have people who have the title of president, a title of general manager, and a guy who's a guy's guy. We talked to him a few weeks ago at Braves Fest, so grateful for his time, and we're grateful for his time today. As we get started, pitchers and catchers have reported to Northport, Florida, as we get ready for the start of spring training, which starts off baseball in 2024 for our Atlanta Braves. And joining us right now to help us get started is president of baseball operations and general manager for our Atlanta Braves, Alex Anthopoulos, joining us here in the locker room on the fan 680-93-7 FM. Alex, good morning. I know you have to be happy as this is the starting line for everything that is to come in 2024. Yeah, good morning, guys. Yeah, I'm down in Florida. It's great, and I, I know we're going to get into brave stuff, and I'm happy to do it. I just, you know, like I told you, home team and, and John, when I saw you guys at Brave Fest, you know, we, we know me, me and the kids, we have you guys on in, in the mornings when, we, uh, when I drive to school, and we actually, you know, we were listening to you guys a few, a few days ago, and we actually had this conversation. So I'm just going to ask a question. I come in peace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to duck after I, I say it. <laughs> But you got to remember, I'm not from Atlanta, and I wasn't here. But this is more for Finn, right? So you guys are crushing Kyle Shanahan, 100%. and I get it, a little bit, right? But I'm trying to understand one one part of this. Mm-hmm. Twenty-eight to three. The emphasis was three. Why does no one talk about the defensive side of the ball? Why does no one talk about the head coach? And I'm saying this respectfully. Like, I even there's articles in the in the AJC killing Kyle Shanahan. Like, why is this guy such a pariah in Atlanta when? It's not just the offensive side of the ball that struggled. And, you know, Finn, the reason I'm so curious is because you played on that team. You're an offensive player. You know what the offensive coordinator does. Help me understand why it's all his fault. Well, in the end, when you have an opportunity to run the ball three times from the 22-yard line and get yourself back to a double-digit lead, it's just devastating when that doesn't happen. Uh, Dan Quinn is also at fault, but not as uh, talked about as much in such a negative light because – I think he's a kind of a goofy slogan, slogany guy. Mm-hmm. Um, is one reason. Shannon and I, Shannon and I had a little beef uh, <laughs> years ago when I mentioned something about him on the air. He wasn't too fond of him, and he was probably in the right there. Um, there's there's a lot that goes on there, and and you're you're right. And I honestly, I did a, a little joke the other day, and I said I'd like to apologize to Kyle Shanahan and everybody else for absolutely nothing. Um, I was joking because deep down, as I was driving home, listening to the the hatred that was going. I felt a certain way about it because it's devastating to be in the situation he's in and has been in three different times and not to be able to come away with the title. But I think sometimes, Alex, the way you carry yourself, the way you act, the things you say, he just he just came off as kind of an easier target with the uh-huh. smugness and uh, I'm always right kind of fair. attitude. That's fair. What about the defensive? That, that's totally 100%. fair. Okay, so – Three points, 28. If you went into that Super Bowl thinking, okay, we're going to score 28 points, you're happy with the offensive coordinator. Three points at the half. 
no one ever talks about defense. And I know we're not, I'm not going to belabor this, but I just was like, no. yeah. and I see, I see articles and everyone yeah. talks about Kyle Shanahan. I'm like, why does it, no one talks about the defensive side of the ball and why do they get off the hook? Alex, That's my I, only thing, but I'm good. So yeah. I'll, I'll answer that side. The defense was bad all year. Um, and remember, Dan Quinn had actually taken over play calling duties about halfway through from Richard Smith. So I think we expected in that game to give up some points. You obviously hate the way that it ended, giving up a couple of touchdown drives late and two-point conversions, and then in overtime, giving it up. Um, But I think it's all what Finn had to say. And then for me personally, being the sideline reporter at the time, I was kind of counting like, oh, my goodness, I might actually get a Super Bowl ring. How cool is this going to be? And now I have to live with a wife who is a Saints fan who (laughs) rubs it in Anytime we're watching football, and it just kind of harkens me back to Kyle Shanahan not running not the ball. It's not fair, Alex. I it's think not. you're right. Um, the guy no, no, is. Let me ask, can I ask you guys one more thing, then? Yeah. So, and I know you're saying run the ball three times. And I, again, I don't understand how it works in the NFL to coach. Does the head coach have final say? Like when the when the play's coming through the headset, run three times. And or is the head coach supposed to? Hey, I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm hands no. off. I let him do his thing. A hundred percent full say. Yes. If you're a head coach in an NFL football so team, you can pull rank right in that moment and say no. That is a failure when you do not yes. commandeer the headsets, and things that should be right are not right. And from my perspective, Double A, I think you just heard two very mature and very grown men answers. I am emotional when it comes to these teams at times, sometimes to a fault. But I will tell you, my opinion of the Kyle Shanahan fiasco is just like we saw unfold against Kansas City and just like we saw unfold against Tom Brady, when you have two boogeymen on the other side of you as an opponent, there is no room for error at the moment of truth. And when you have the chance to put them away, the one mistake to leave the door open can cause disaster. I almost want to go back. I'm never going to do it because it hurts too bad to watch that second half on the defensive side of the ball. You can't. I was in the building watching it live and in person, and I couldn't believe it when it was happening. To let them go down the field and score two touchdowns and two-point conversion, two two two-point conversions, is unheard of. The catch Julian Edwin makes over the middle off his head and – Somebody else's legs sitting there was insane. So there's a lot of things that happen, and the Tom Brady factor is a huge part of it as well. So um, no, I'm, we, fair. I'm good. I appreciate. Yeah. I know I wasn't on the talk Falcons, <laughs> but we were talking about with the kids, and we were like, yeah. "Hey, like, but they gave up. They were, you know, they gave up all these points. Why? Is, they were up three. They had give. They gave up a ton of points after the three points. Why does that? But I totally get it. But bottom line is. The head coach does have final say. That's right. Absolutely. He you know, I'm a big just who's accountable when it's all said and done. Who, you know, who's got I, – I tell Snit all the time, hey, you know, when you're done, you got to go face the media. Like, you better do what you believe is right because I don't have to go answer the questions you do. So, I will switch over to Braves. I know you guys want me to kill about five minutes well, just, this. So, you know, just, no, it's just fine. It's fine. the passion, and that goes to the authenticity we were talking about after we talked to you at Braves Fest. Just tell the kids, you know, we want Raheem Morris to do it a little differently. I think that's all we want <laughs> yeah, yeah. from everybody in town. Uh, do you uh, keep abreast of social media? AJ Minter and John, we talked about it at Braves Fest, and uh, you were very honest and upfront about that. But AJ Minter, now on the record, where he uses the term World Series or bust. Did you see that yesterday i believe sarah k spencer asked the question it was all over social media did you see that and what do you think about that as an attitude and as a quote from a veteran coming from someone on your team you know yeah so i i saw it and you know i know strider as well and you know the first thing i thought about was um you know there was a phil jackson quote i found a few days ago a week ago and i sent it to Smith as well and it's basically to the effect of like speeches don't motivate players 
motivated players make great teams, you know, and that's, and when you, and I, I started thinking about our roster and players and I think about it all the time. Like, you know, do we have those kind of guys and so on? And I just view that as we have a bunch of really motivated players and, you know, getting to know those guys, I view it as a good thing, right? I don't necessarily, I just can't let myself get that far ahead. I can't assume playoffs and all those things, but whatever fuel these guys want to use, the fact that they're, they're not, you know, satisfied with making the postseason and so on. And, they're looking at things that way. Fantastic. You know, like my view is the one time it got away from me where I started thinking ahead to playoffs and you know, winning in the playoffs was the 2020 offseason after we lost in game seven. And I went through, you know, the building of the roster, roster construction is everything was about playoffs, playoffs, assuming we were going to end up getting there. And we almost got burnt, right? We definitely had some luck and some guys were available at the deadline in 21. And obviously it worked out, but I swore to myself I'm never going to look that far ahead. I'm, I very much stay in, in the moment. I never want to just assume the playoffs. But I, I like it. I like that these guys have a chip. I like that they're, they're, they're motivated. They're driven. I think it's a great sign. We're talking to Braves president and GM Alex Anthopoulos. He joins us inside the locker room on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. Can you give us a quick update on a couple of the guys down there in spring training, Ian Anderson and Tyler Matzik, and how they're progressing from their um, Tommy Johns? Yeah, so they're they're both here. Um, you know, Ian Anderson's not going to – obviously, he's going to start the year on, on the IL. Right now, he's still so far out. But his – you know, you map it out over the course of the year. He's scheduled, assuming everything continues to go well, that he'll start a rehab assignment in June. Mm-hmm. That That's normally about a month. So we're hoping he's back sometime in July, assuming no setbacks or he doesn't need any extra rest. Tyler's here. He's full go. And uh, we'll see how, how he looks, but obviously has not, you know, even his rehab, he never got in games or did any of those things. So we'll see where he's at with his arm strength and trying to build up and so on. But, you know, he's definitely in, in a great place. And, um, you know, it's nice that we have six weeks here to continue to see him and make sure that we build him up correctly. I love it. Talk a little bit about what we're getting in a guy, Jared Kalanick uh, from the Mariners. I haven't watched much Mariners baseball in my lifetime. Uh, just let the fans know what we're getting in a guy like that in left field. Yeah, look, he's he's young. He's got upside. Highly touted prospect. He's got big raw power. It doesn't mean we're you know we're expecting him to hit a ton of home runs, but it's certainly in there. I mean, if you see some of the highlights last year, he can hit hit the ball a long way. He's got some swing and miss to to his game, um, but again, he's still young, and we think that still can improve. But you know, the biggest thing is he's he could be a very good defender in in the corner. Um, he's got great tools. He can run. He can throw. Uh, he's got power. So. You know, look, he hasn't been able to put it together yet at the big league level over the course of the full season. He's had spurts, and when it's been good, it's been tremendous. And the question is, you know, can we get that over six months rather than six weeks? And I think this will be the right place, the right environment. No pressure, no expectations. We have eight all-stars. And he just can be at the bottom of the lineup wherever Smith decides to plug him in and uh, give him an opportunity and hopefully have a great year for us. President of Baseball Operations and General Manager for our Atlanta Braves, Alex Anthopoulos, joining us here in the locker room via the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a play on words, but investment and gamble. How do you reconcile the two when you talk about Chris Sale? If this guy pays off, you have gotten somebody who is a bona fide lights out machine, but he is coming off of a situation where he's had some injury. How do you um, juxtapose the two when you talk about what he potentially could be and what could be an issue if it doesn't work out? Yeah, I mean, look, there's no, uh, there's a reason guys are available at times, right? A team's either rebuilding, guys had a bunch of injury stuff, guy hasn't performed um, 
and you're normally not getting these guys when they're at the top, right? They're normally they're not available, or you know teams are. So you have to look for opportunities, and sometimes it works, sometimes it won't work. But I think the biggest thing is, and again, we've been talking about Chris Sale for the last year. Um, I've you know as I've gotten older and the longer I do this job. I obsess more about the the person and the human and what they bring and who they are. And I'm a huge believer that players make other guys better. I just look, have, we have a great staff, Snit, the coaches that are great. Right. But you know, there's only so far that can go just like you might have someone at school that, you know, is a great, you know, can really teach well, but having peers and go about it the right way and do it the right way. And we have so many young arms here, how competitive he is, how accountable he is. You see like some of his interviews in the past, um, no excuses, gamer, competitor. And look, the ability we think is still phenomenal. And yes, he's had a lot of injury stuff, but once he got past the Tommy John, a lot of them were just some freak things. He gets a comeback or hits him in the hand, falls off his bike, ends up hurting his wrist, and all these yeah. different things. And I, I get it. It did happen. But prior to that, this was a durable guy that took the ball and was able to post. And we think it was a blip. We think he's finally healthy and ready to go, having a normal off season. And I think what he's going to do, for the all the young guys we have with him and Charlie Morton, it's hard to quantify, but I'm a big, big believer that when guys look 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 uh, back down the road, the impact that the Mortons will have had in their career and Sale will have in their career, the way they go about it, I think will be huge. You said something interesting in there that I, I was just thinking about. Like you talked about seeing him in a presser, post game presser, no excuses. Is that something you just remember from watching him do the presser, or is that something you go back and look at as a GM? You know, whenever we're um, we're looking into players, right, you're talking uh, a lot of times it'll be former teammates, um, trainers, coaches, clubhouse guys, um, and you're basically you're lo- looking for a reason to kill them, right? Like, mm-hmm. what's wrong, this and that. And then the more work we did on them, it wasn't, you know, it's really more pass-fail, right? If it's a pass, you know, you're going to go ahead and try to acquire the player. But then when you start finding stuff that this guy is an awesome teammate and what he does and how he goes about it, um, then you start to dig a little bit more. So, you know, you're trying to you're pulling stuff online, you're pulling stuff internally that you have. Um, but everybody we talked to, we have some people that you know were around him as as players, people were around him as a, as a coach. Um, and the way they talked about this guy, one of the best teammates they've ever had. Like, and we call, we talked to so many different people, and the rate the the reviews on him were so exceptionally strong. And look, we love the ability. I mean, make no no mistake. I mean, we think. He's really good. He pitched really well. Um, we think he's got a chance to be, you know, a mid-impact starter for us. And uh, then you factor in the person and the human. I was saying this at our fan fest. Look, of of course, you'd say, hey, why don't we just go sign a player, keep the young talent, and you know, do that way, keep all the players. And the problem is, I can't take Chris Sale's brain and put it in some other guy. I need the person as well as the ability and the talent. And you know, that's why. You ultimately elect, as tough as it is to trade a Von Grissom and so on, you know, a big part of the acquisition is who Chris Sale is, what he brings. And I think it's a big part of our success. Of course, these guys are really talented, but I learned this as a young GM. I made a lot of mistakes. Um, all I used to do was just collect talent and never considered how the pieces fit, mm. how putting a team together. i got to tell you, even when I watch youth sports now, you know, I watch my, my kids play, I, I watch how the kids interact and what type of – and I think about, like, if I ever coach youth sports – how much I would try to get kids that like can work together or friends get along together bond. Like it's just, again, I I'm a huge believer in it. It took a lot of failing to get there. Um, but I think it's, it's really key that everybody you bring into your room 
is is about the team and fit into a team. What if I told you a guy was in uh, Yokohama playing baseball and uh, ended up going nine and two with a one nine seven ERA and hit ninety nine point three miles an hour um, at one point? But all those things you just talked about are very questionable. And his name's Trevor Bauer. How do you think this handles for him? And is he a guy that could even ever fit in an Atlanta Braves uniform? Yeah, look, I've I've, saw, I've seen a lot of this stuff online. Um, you know, look, from our st- standpoint, I mean, we look at all the free agents. And, you know, um, right now, I mean, we have, you know, we believe that, you know, we've got four guys that are locked into the rotation. The fifth spot, we signed Ronaldo Lopez early, um, and we're going to give him every opportunity to be a starter for us. He's going to compete. And Bryce Elder, if we're getting the first half Bryce Elder, that guy was an all-star. And then we have guys like Ian Anderson coming back, Anoa coming back, some of our young prospects, A.J. Smith-Sharver, Hurston Waldrip. We have a lot of young arms. So we weren't going to go out and get three, four starters. Look, you'd always be open to it, but you know, we're basically set. Once we had gotten sale, we were pretty much done adding starters um, at that point in time. So, But, look, we look at all free agents. Obviously, I never get into anybody specifically. Right. Um, but we'll do the work on all these guys. But um, once we made those moves, we were, we were basically full in the rotation. You talk about guys at the top of the rotation, Alex. Max Freed, uh, last year of his contract. I know you've dealt with that the last two years with Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson. Are you able to comment, is there a negotiation going on to keep him long-term, or is that something you have a drop-dead date and say you won't do any of this during the regular season? Yeah, so look, obviously I'm aware of everything that's going on. So look, there was a, you know, I think he deserves credit for it. Uh, There was an article in the AJC, I think, during the winter meetings or the GM meetings. Justin Toscano wrote about, you know, Max and his free agency and us and talking to him and all that. And I think he did a nice job there. Didn't get anything from me, but he did a nice job. So I think he deserves credit there um, without me getting any specific. And then, look, I got to tell you, like, obviously I saw the stuff on, on Braves Fest. I thought Max handled the stuff great. I mean, I loved it. I didn't, this wasn't like I sat him in a room and I'm like, hey, if you, you get asked this, can you say this for me? He just went out and said, look, I, I respect that the organization likes to keep this stuff private and so on. And, um, he said all the right things. He he said the truth. You know, he does love Atlanta. He does love love being here. Um, I think like anything else, um, all these guys that are great players, you want to keep them. Some guys get their free agency. Some guys don't. Um, sometimes you sign them in free agency. Some sometimes you don't. The number one thing for us is always going to be, um, you know, we want to keep these guys, but we also want to make sure they have a, a, we have a good team, and we don't want to be in a position. And this is not to be critical, but of the past because obviously previous regimes here have done phenomenal work and stocked us with a ton of great talent. So I don't want to lose sight of that, but you know, there was a time when Craig Kimball got traded and obviously Anderson Simmons got traded and Jason Hayward got traded. And my understanding was just from a payroll standpoint, they had made commitments and so on, and it wasn't going to work. And, you know, there's only so much pie to go around. So when we're trying to sign these guys, uh, you know, we we're trying to make sure that we're signing them with the long-term in mind that we can still continue to have a great team around them. So we're going to try on all these guys, Max included. I mean, that goes without saying. He's great. He's awesome. Um, and But it will always be with with the intent of hopefully continuing to be competitive. And, look, it's I know the, you know, the front offices has changed. The regimes have changed. I, I can certainly t- t- talk about it now. But um, I look at, like, Matt Ryan, who, you know, to this day, I view that guy. I don't know anything about being an NFL GM, but that guy's a GM's dream says the right things, does the right things. The durability with Matt Ryan was off the charts, the games played. Um, And I still think he just, he doesn't get the love that he deserves. I mean, he's just phenomenal. The little, I got to, you know, watch him for a year or two 
when I got to Atlanta. But, you know, they kept Julio Jones Hall of Famer, Matt Ryan Hall of Famer in my mind, too. And they, they kept those guys, but they had a cap, and ultimately they got squeezed. You know, and they couldn't put a team around them, and it didn't diminish how good of players they were. And I think we don't have a cap, but obviously we're only going to spend X dollars on, on, on payroll and so on, and, and, and stretch, obviously, but we don't want to be in a position that we have a few great players and no one around them. So we're always trying to balance that, and I think that's something that just fans need to be aware of. So we're going to try, as we have with a lot of our players, and hopefully we can get it done. All right. Sounds like maybe at some point you and I need to sit down and have a beer and talk some football. Yeah. Oh, I would love it. And I would like love to it. schedule a lunch with you and Terry Fontenot and Landry Fields. I'll pay for it <laughs> because the stuff you, you have going on I, I, is him, I would pay. I'd love to sit down with those, those guys, too. You know what? He's put it out there. It yeah. is, it's not on you now, brother. Well, I think I'm just it's... a sports fan, right? Like, yes. I, I, talked to, um, I talked to Terry Fontenot once when he first got the job, and he just called me. Just you know, There was a company we were using, the Falcons, looking into it. So I, I appreciate the fact that he's just like, I just want to do my homework on this and all that. And I was just like, look, I never talked to the guy. I'm like, this is my one shot. I'm going to be a fanboy here. And I'm like, hey, while I have you, I have one question, you know, sports question, NFL question. So and he was great. He he answered it. But I don't know if I ever got to sit down with those guys. I wouldn't be like no. Braves GM, Alex. I'd be like Hawks fan, Falcons fan. And I would sit down and ask all the questions that you guys would probably ask and any fan would. Well, I, I think the home team's point is maybe you could tease them something. <laughs> I think that's yeah, what we're for. Uh, yeah, you don't, don't say it. About those yeah, you don't I say know. it. I'll say it. <laughs> you're, what you're doing, I think a lot of people could take a lot of notes from and benefit greatly. Well, we thank you for your time. Uh, certainly excited. Everybody's excited about this season. Offensively, uh, what we saw last uh, year, last year was just something that was beyond amazing. And if it's just a smidgen of it, and if it is, even if it's not the same, we know it's there where it could show up in spots. But uh, we are all looking forward to the new guys coming in. Uh, great seasons from the guys that are already here. And then the guys that were injured having a chance to get back and show what they can do. So, Alex, we thank you for your time. We look forward to a great start for spring training, and we look certainly forward to catching up with you soon down the road. All right, guys. Always enjoy it. Appreciate it. President of Baseball Operations and General Manager of our Atlanta Braves, Alex Anthopoulos. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.